Hello and welcome to the Football Betting Podcast, your home for tips, insight and discussion on England's top four leagues and this week the EFL Cup final as well. I'm your host Tom Pipkin and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Tom Walker. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Lots to cover today, so we're going to start with the EFL Cup, uh, Man City against Arsenal, then we'll go through the Premier League in depth, followed by our favourite picks from the Championship, League 1 and League 2. So Tom, kick us off, EFL Cup, Carabao Cup, whatever you want to call the thing, Man City to win? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I sense a book coming on here. (laughs) There's there's no book. I'm a bit scared, obviously. They, they lost to Liverpool and then they went on a four-match winning streak. Mm. Uh, losing to Wigan, it's a different thing. There was the whole pitch invasion, the whole thing with Aguero. Um, it just has a feeling of a bit more impact um, than the Liverpool game. So I'm, I'm not completely sold, but if I, obviously if I were, if I was going to choose a winner, I'd go for City, but how do you feel? Do you, do you not see where I'm coming from, where it can... Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Just to have a quick run through the odds, it's 4-7 to seven for City, so big favourites for this. Um, the draw at 90 minutes is 17-5, to five, and Arsenal to win within 90 minutes are 4-1, to one, so pretty big outsiders there. Um, I think City are going to win this one. I... After they lost to Wigan, which I heard a lot of people say actually that it's not that much of a damaging loss, but it it's a bad loss. It is a bad loss to lose to a League One club. It could be by this time next week, City have gone from looking at a quadruple to out of two trophies. Yeah, uh, let's let's not forget they are going to win the league. However, it's that quadruple thing. It's, you know, this is the next game. It's an EFL Cup final. Yeah, it's just an Arsenal. We haven't even spoke about Arsenal. Uh, away from home, they're terrible. Yeah, but they are. When, it's, when the pitch is big, when Arsenal turn it on, they can perform and they can compete. They need to start fast and they need to get the tactics and the team selection right, which... Wenger doesn't always do. However, if they do do all of that, they've got a chance of winning. Yeah, well, it's a one-off game, and you know, they of course they can beat City. But if you're looking at statistics, um, Manchester City have got an 88% win ratio against the fellow top six teams this season. And the only loss there coming to Liverpool, and Arsenal on the other hand have struggled again. Um, it seems like they struggled against top sides for years now. They've got just a 25% win ratio against fellow top six or seven sides, which obviously isn't good. That's a problem. And I do feel if you're going to beat Man City, you're probably going to have to stay tight at the back. We know I know Liverpool outscored them, but um, generally, on the whole, I think if you're going to beat City, you're going to have to stay resilient. And Arsenal are just not resilient. Yeah. No, unless Lacazette finds, you know, three months worth of confidence, um, they're not going to outscore him. And Arsenal, although it's not really in their nature, they're going to have to, you know, try and grind out like a one, one, one nil, two one. Um, City are, uh, 
Yeah, they're not going to outscore them boys, are they? No, uh, that's the thing. I can't see them grinding out a one nil or you know holding on for a two one or anything like that. I, ju- I just can't. I cannot see it. No, I, I do agree. I mean, even it sounds. To be honest, it sounds like we've just battered Man City. We both still think they're going to win. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's just not as clear cut as it would have been if this final was three weeks ago. Nope, spot on. Um, shall we move on then? Shall we to the Premier League? Yes, I'm glad it's back. I'm really, I really am. I love the FA Cup, and it had a great story this weekend. But there's nothing like the Premier League. No, no, this is your bread and butter. I love it. Um, the relegation battle is so exciting. Let's just throw that one in there. Just six points separating Bournemouth in tenth to Stoke in nineteenth. There's quite a few big games down the bottom of the league this weekend. Um, we'll start with the Saturday 12:30. That's Leicester home to Stoke. Leicester are eight to eleven. The draw is five to two, and Stoke are four to one. For me, Leicester win. For yourself, Leicester win. I think Stoke. Um, obviously, they started off well, didn't they? They got that two 0 win uh, home to Huddersfield. Drew a blank home to Watford. Lost away at Bournemouth. Drew at home to Brighton. They are four very winnable games. And although they haven't, you know, been beaten badly in any of those games, and they've only lost one, it just feels like Stoke are still a bit off where they need yeah. to be. Yeah, especially away from home, they've got the worst away record and the worst goal difference in the league. Um, just one win from their thirteen away matches this season, which is poor. Um, on the other hand, you've got Leicester, who are unbeaten in their last seven home games across all competitions. And I do think they're going to get another victory here this weekend with Mares integrated back into the side now. He assisted Vardy for his goal at the weekend against Sheffield United. I just think they're going to have too much. This could be a, a comfortable win to nil, I expect, for Leicester. Yeah, and Vardy. Vardy is only below Kane, Salah, Aguero and Sterling. He's the best at the rest, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's scored 13 this season, assisted one, um, 174 minutes per goal. He's having a great season. And you know when we talk about England, he doesn't yeah. really get mentioned. And I'm, I'm hoping that's just because it's a given that he's going to go to the World Cup. Yeah, I expect him to be on the plane. I'd be furious if he wasn't on the plane. I love how now it's getting up to World Cup year. We can start using the phrase on the plane again. I, I love it. On the plane. Is Who is on the plane? <laughs> oh, and all the exaggerations that come with it. Someone like Harry Kane. On the plane, bags packed. <laughs> Pilots, pilot hat, license. Oh yeah, he's, he's very on the plane. If, um, if you I had... hope Vardy is as well. He's had a great season, and yeah, like even though he's, I think he's thirty-one now. If he just can continues at this rate, he's not playing like he's getting older. No, he's not. You're right. You're he's right. Still lightning. He's still looking to get in behind. I think it'd be a great option to take to the World Cup, and I think it'd be a disgrace if he didn't go. Yeah, no, I'm uh, not... but hopefully he does. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Um, just a quick one. If you had to pick an outsider to be on the plane, who would you pick? Oh, an outsider. Um, 
Scott McTominay. He's playing for Manchester United. Uh, this may feel a bit topical, but um, he played over Paul Pogba in the Champions League tonight. Hmm. Whether that's a statement and Mourinho's using him to kind of get a reaction out of Pogba, I don't know. Uh, but I don't think England are blessed with great central midfield players. And I think if there's a position that you know you'd want to be, if you're a young guy wanting to make the World Cup in this England team, you want to be a centre back, or you want to be a centre mid. Yeah, um, I think they're the best two places to go. What about you? Well, I think with Scott McTominay, hasn't he been representing Scotland at youth level? However, I did read an article the other day. Yes. Most of his youth football has been with Scotland, but he hasn't represented them. And the last time I checked, he was undecided, um, which to me sounds like he's going to see who comes after him first, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mourinho said in the press the other day, actually, when Alex McLeish was announced as manager of Scotland, that one of the first things he should do is give a cap to McTominay. So, hot property could be. Hot property, and if England can get him, I think, you know, as we did with a couple of other players, give him a cap, and then, you know, then they're ours, then aren't they? And we yeah. can, uh, we can kind of take it from there. Otherwise, we're going to end up with a Zaha, um, yeah. who, as much as I'm not a huge fan, would have been in the World Cup squad if he was English this year. Yeah, my outside pick is uh, Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho. You love this guy. Yeah. Well, what, what's not to Some love? Some of the profit chasers may not even know who he is. Do you do you care to explain this mystery England international? So, for those who don't know about Jaden Sancho, he's a 17-year-old English lad playing for Borussia Dortmund. Um, signed for about 10 million last summer uh, from Manchester City. Up until recently, he's been playing week in, week out for them. He's had a knee injury, I think, that sidelined him for the last three weeks, but. If you've got a player that's regularly playing well in a top, top side like Dortmund, if you're Gareth Southgate, why would you not look at him? It's true. Um, I think it's just, the when it, when it comes to a World Cup, I think it's always been the, the same with nearly all of the nations. Um, you go a little bit more tried and trusted. I I don't expect McTominay or Sancho to make it, to be honest. Um, I think you're more likely to see a Jake Livermore than a McTominay. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Or, you know, someone someone of that similar ilk. Um, but, yeah, I like what you're saying. I think uh, it's good that we've got an English player strutting his stuff abroad. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I love it. I did get... Jaden Sancho put a tenner on it, twenty six to one. I think he was to make the plane about a month or so ago, five weeks ago. He's. I, I I'd say I'd say he's that far from making the plane right now. He he doesn't even have a passport. <laughs> he has come in that's, since that's, to about ten to one. So you know you never know. Yeah, true, true. There's, well, yeah, we'll see. Anyway. Let's move on back back to the Premier League. A little <laughs> sidetrack there. Um, we're going to talk about a big game. It's kind of at the bottom. Um, Bournemouth and Newcastle. 
Uh, Bournemouth priced at eleven to ten. The draw twelve to five, and Newcastle five to two. Is this a relegation battle? It is, isn't it? Well, as I was saying a few minutes it's ago, they're, they're only six points off Stoke in nineteenth, aren't they? So you could I say. Think, I think you can class this as a relegation battle. Anyone from Bournemouth down is capable of getting sucked in and going down, definitely. For me, I think this one's going to be a draw. Bournemouth have looked impressive in the last few home games. Um, victories against Everton, Arsenal and Stoke. But Newcastle had a great win last time out against Man United when they beat them 1-0. I think they'll be pretty annoyed by the fact they've had to have a weekend off. So they lose a little bit of momentum that they gained from that. But I do think this will be a draw. Newcastle's away form has generally been better than their home form. And it's so common for these sides lower down in the league that they're so inconsistent. They're down there because they can't string a number of wins together. Um, Bournemouth have had a number of wins at home and it's about time they lost because they're not consistent. Nobody is in the bottom half of the Prem. No, and in Newcastle's last three games, uh, they've yielded five points from a home game against Burnley, away at Palace, home to United. Rafa probably looked for three points yeah. or two points uh, from those games. Um, so he's done really well to get five. Um, Newcastle look better than people think, I, I, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I think 12 to five, a draw, is a very good bet. The problem that I have still with Newcastle is that they don't score enough goals still. Um, they've only actually scored more than one league goal on six occasions this season, which isn't good enough after 27 matches. No, it's pretty pretty rough reading. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, if it wasn't for Dubravka's great debut, they would have needed you know a second goal. And and you're right, that's when they start to struggle and um, when they need you know twos and threes. Um, well, you know, they still got Slamani to come into the picture fully. Um, the knight so, in shining armour. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm not saying he's <laughs> he's Neymar, but you know we'll uh, we'll see what happens. It's um, certainly mining your bet. Me thinking they'll stay up. You thinking they'll go down. I'm I'm still very confident. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, one loss can all change that. So we'll go on to another relegation scrap. Then here it's Brighton at home to Swansea. Brighton are twenty-three to twenty. The draw eleven to five, and the Swans five to two. Again, I've got this one down as another one that I think will be a draw. Um, Swansea have been exceptional over the last six or seven weeks since Carver Howe came in. However, nearly all of the wins have come at home. Away from home, they've drawn a lot of games. Um, they've played six games away since Carver Howe first took over. They won away on his debut at Watford, and since then they've drawn every single one of the subsequent five games. I think, again, you're going to get the draw here. Brighton have been performing pretty well over the last few Prem games, and I think this is more so going to be a game that neither side will want to lose, um, so they'll both be happy, I think, to come away with a point. Yeah, I think you're, uh, I think you're spot on. Big for Brighton that Jürgen Lokadia scored his first goal. Yeah, he did. Um, it was against League Two Coventry, 
but it's always good to get off the mark in there. And, yeah. uh, he'll be desperate to get back out there on Saturday. And you're right, this is a game that neither team want to lose. Swansea and Brighton, it's hard to separate them. And they've both been in good form uh, for where they are in the league, etc. And yeah, I, I'm of the opinion that it would be a draw as well, 11 to 5. Okay, right. Let's go then to Turf Moor. You can get Burnley at 7 to 4, the draw 21 to 10, and Southampton 13 to 8. Which side of the fence are you on here, Tom? Or are you on the fence? Um, this this is hard. This is hard. Southampton, to say Pellegrino has been getting a fair bit of stick. He's actually only lost once in his last eight games. Mm, that's not bad. Um, that does cover some FA Cup. Uh, but when you consider their FA Cup games have been against um, Watford, Premier League, and Fulham, knocking on the door of the Premier League, yeah. and West Brom, Premier League, it's not been like they've been playing League One and two sides. Their only blip was that shocking defeat at home to Liverpool, which was downright embarrassing. But they put that right with you know carbon copy win away at uh, West Brom again. They did that a couple of weeks before. And I worry about Burnley. I really do. They just haven't been the Burnley we've all known and loved. Their yeah. last win was actually the 12th of December. It's not really clicked for them recently, has it? No wins in the last 10 league games. However, saying that, they're still, somehow, I can't believe they're still 7th, despite this terrible run. It shows how inconsistent everybody else has been. Um, but looking at their games that they've had, the run has been poor, but I feel like they're nearly there. They've lost five games in this run of ten games without a win, and four of them have been by one goal. The other five games have been draws. I think they've played some good sides. they got a great draw recently with City. And I'm actually going to say that Burnley are going to win this one. Ooh. It's going to be a tight game. I reckon it's probably going to be under 2.5 goals. Um, a 1-0 Burnley, I'm going to predict Ooh. here. Burnley, they're actually yeah. they're at they're the outsiders here. They're at home, and Southampton are bloody eighteenth. It doesn't really make sense. Um, you know, Southampton have got more money in a bigger stadium, so obviously they're favourites. <laughs> I actually would go. I'd actually go for Southampton if I had to choose between the two. Really? Um, yeah, I think they've been a lot better than people are giving them credit for. You know, like I said, they've they won the last two away games. Fair enough, they've both been away um, at West Brom. Um, but before that, you know, their previous away games, drew away at Watford, beat Fulham away, drew away at United. Yeah, I, I think hmm. Southampton for me, I, Burnley are not doing it for me. Shall we move on then to Liverpool at home, to West Ham United. Liverpool 1-5, to big favourites as you'd expect. The draw 11-2 to and West Ham, big outsiders, 12-1. to Liverpool win, surely? Or can you see an upset on the cards? No. No upset. Liverpool win this. West Ham still depleted a little bit with injuries. Arnautovic is back, which is just gigantic for West Ham. Yeah. But I think Lanzini is still out, and that's a problem. And where do you start with Liverpool? We've uh, spent all season talking about how great they've been. Really doesn't feel like they've lost Coutinho. No, it really doesn't. does not. 
at all. Uh, does not feel like they've lost a player that cost 140 million, was it? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't feel like that at all. Um, and yeah, Liverpool, very short price, so obviously I'm not overly uh, enticed, but uh, yeah, Liverpool for me. Yeah, completely agree. Unbeaten at home in the league this season. 1-7, drawn 6. And a little stat for you. Liverpool have scored two or more goals in 12 of their last 13 games. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the firepower we're talking about. And like I said, even with, you know, apparently their best player leaving, it hasn't slowed down. Not at all. Right, the final three o'clock then for this weekend. Yet another game down at the bottom of the league. It's West Brom at home to Huddersfield. The Baggies are nineteen to twenty. The draws eleven to five, and Huddersfield are sixteen to five. Tough game to call. Is it going to be a taxi for Alan Pardew if they lose this weekend? <laughs> what so, is going on? They they went for a warm weather training camp, and apparently they trained for a total of three days. Yep. What the hell were they doing? And then the players, the players went and robbed the taxi. What would it? <laughs> I just don't understand why, why they've gone there um, if they're not going to train. Like, what are they doing? Team bonding. They're, they're bottom of the league. <laughs> they're bottom of the league, and their next games, Huddersfield at home, winnable. Sorry, they're going away, and they're coming back to their biggest game of the season. Yeah. So far, in my opinion. Yeah. They're seven it's points huge. away, aren't they? Seven points away from Huddersfield in 17th. The last thing you want is bad publicity. Yeah. Because uh... that's going to that's gonna turn the fans. Like, if I was a West Brom fan and my team were doing so bad and, you know, someone reminded me that they're millionaires with no real cares in the world, it would drive me up the wall. Yeah. Drive me up the wall. If With you, everything that's happened, do you fancy West Brom this weekend? Nope. I don't. It's either going to go one or two ways, isn't it? It's all going to fall apart at the seams. Everything's just going wrong, it seems. So it's going to continue to go wrong. And I think if they lose this game, Pardew's probably going to get the sack. Um, and they're going to just roll the dice at somebody for the last 10 games of the season. <laughs> Or the players put in a performance and they respond to all the criticism and bad publicity that's been levelled at them over the last um, week or so. And they really put in a performance to show the fans that they do care. And I'm on the side that it's all going to go pear-shaped. <laughs> yeah, I am. I did a bit of research earlier on. Um, and I, I think I would tip... Uh, Huddersfield double chance it's 17 to 20 um, so that's draw or Huddersfield yeah I like that definitely like that do you think Pardew will go? he shouldn't do he shouldn't do because who are they going to get in? what's the what's the plan and how long is this manager going to have? 10 games (laughs) yeah yeah, like a, an end of the season, roll the dice. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a mess. And obviously, there's a lack of professionalism there at the moment and a lack of realisation as to what's going on around them, which is just disappointing for the fans, really. Um, 
would you get rid of him? Would you roll the dice with, I don't know, a Mark Hughes or whoever's Jesus available? Jesus Christ, that's, if I was going to get Mark Hughes, I wouldn't bother rolling the dice, no. Um, but I don't know, I, I probably would, to be honest. You saw what happened with Hall and Marco Silva um, last year. They got a real revival from that, you know, that last 10 or so games when he came in and nearly, so nearly saved them. I would, I think, if they lost this game. It's just not been good. The problem now is that with everything that's been going off, has he lost control of the dressing room as well? And if he has, then they're doomed. What do you think to Marco Silva <laughs> going in there, potentially? They need a bounce. He, he almost did it with, uh, with Hull. His reputation's been a little tarnished at Watford. Do you think, that's, do you think he needs another short-term appointment? If I was West Brom, would I take Marco Silva? Yes. If I was Marco Silva, would I go to West Brom? No. If that yeah, makes sense. That's true. This guy. That's a huge it, gamble, isn't it? That's a huge gamble. Yeah. If he keeps him up, reputation restored, starts getting linked with Everton's and Southampton's and but all be these linked, like, so called bigger clubs. He'll be linked with them anyway. He, I'm sure he would. True, true. He is. And then if he takes West Brom down. Yeah, is back to Portugal. Yeah, if you have two relegations on your CV in successive years, <laughs> surely, yeah. surely yeah. you're not going to get another job. No. Okay. Spe- speaking of Marcus Silva, this has actually ran on beautifully somehow <laughs> um, to the Saturday five thirty kickoff. We've actually got Watford at home to Everton. Uh, that was not planned at all, but. Um, <laughs> Vicarage Road's the venue. You can get Watford at six to five. You can get the draw nine to four, and you can get Everton at twenty-three to ten. Tom Pipkin, take it away. Who are you going for? No bet. Best bets, no bet. Absolutely no bets. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch this on BT Sport, and I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is and hope it finishes for all. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, <laughs> Everton are just a are just a bonkers team. I have I don't know where to place them. That five one against Arsenal is probably one of the worst performances of the season by any team. Um, and you know they followed that up with a uh, victory over a half decent Palace team. Yeah. So and Watford still can't name eleven players. <laughs> No idea who this manager is. I forgot his name already. And just, yeah, best bets, no bet. Um, let's move on to Sunday then. So it's the 12 o'clock kickoff. Crystal Palace at home to Spurs. Palace 6-1, to one, the draw 10-3 to three, and Spurs 9-20. to 20. For me, another Spurs win here to uh, keep up their top four push. Yeah, uh, yep. by the way, great tip for myself if I do say so. Uh, the Rochdale double chance did come in which I was just delighted about just side note um, Tottenham for me uh, to get the victory for sure same as uh, Tommy P Right, final game then of the Premier League this weekend it's Man United against Chelsea uh, 5 past 2 kickoff on Sunday United 11-10 to the draw 11-5 to and Chelsea 13-5 to tough game to call who are you going for? I'm going to go for a draw. 
I'm going to go for a draw. Mourinho doesn't lose many games at home. Splinters. Uh, Well, you know, Mourinho, he's always had this incredible home record, hasn't he? With every team he's ever been to. Hmm. Um, And, you know, he hasn't lost, he's only lost one game at home this season. That was to City, uh, 10th of December. Um, He just, he doesn't lose at home. And I think they're going to be licking their wounds after this Sevilla game. And I think they're going to get back to um, Old Trafford and they're just going to park the bus. They're going to get a very low scoring, very dull nil-nil or one-all. And I think that's what Mourinho does. And I think Chelsea will take that as well. Chelsea will probably go there again, not play a recognised striker and uh, have Hazard drop in the midfield and... Yeah, I, I can't see this being a high scoring. And I would go for draw, 11-5. to five. I'm going to go for Man United to win, 11-10. to 10. I can see why you're going for the draw. Why? But why? If, if I'm Jose Mourinho and I'm a Man United fan, I'm thinking you cannot just settle for a draw here. You cannot. You never know what's going to happen with Manchester City. They just lost to Wigan. They might lose again to Arsenal in the um, Carabao Cup this weekend then things might start to look a little bit shaky. You never know. You've got to try and win all your games, even though you are 16 points behind. You've just got to keep trying to win because it's football. You never know what could happen. Um, and until it's mathematically impossible, I don't think Man United should should be settling for a point against anybody from now until the end of the season. They, they should be going out to win because if they can get a win here, they'll be 13 points behind. You know, City might lose next their next game to Arsenal. Then they can get another three points back on them there. And then things start to just close in a little bit. And you never know if jitters would creep in at City. Your, your opinion will be echoed by every single Manchester United fan. They're United. They should be trying to win every game in every competition, no matter what form they're in, no matter anything. They should be trying to win. But that's not how Mourinho works, buddy. You know that. That's not how this guy works. And I've been very critical over United. I think um, they've made some poor signings. I think Mourinho is past it. Um, and for me, I, Mourinho is not going to go for the jugular and try and beat Chelsea. I think he'll be very happy to take a draw. Um, and yeah, I think Conte as well. Uh, obviously, he'll be more happy with a draw, and yeah, for me, eleven to five is uh, is where the money's at this week. I, I just look at United, and there's so many mistakes. I think in their recruitment, that, so many. There seems to be a. They've got good players, but it's now how do you shoe on all these good players into a system that works? I don't even think they've got that many good players. Ashley Young's their left back. Yeah, that needs to change. There's <laughs> nothing against Ashley Young. If he played mid-table as a right winger for, I don't know, Bournemouth, he'd be a good player. But he's playing left back for Man United. Jones and Smalling are not world-class. Rojo's not world-class. Um, Valencia's a right winger. He's been fantastic, to be fair. Um, at right back I'm not going to say anything against him 
He's not getting the best out of Pogba. I think Sanchez is a poor deal, and I said that the podcast after he signed. Um, you can go back the whole way to August, and I said that Lukaku was a poor signing um, after he went mental for seven games or whatever, scoring. No one's talking about him anymore. Um, and yeah, I just feel like it's unbalanced. I feel like. Yeah, I, I just feel like there's been huge mistakes by Mourinho. Mm-hmm. And uh, United are nowhere near better than they were last year. Do you think they'll finish top four? <sighs> no. Really? So, City, no. City, no. Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham C- for you? City, yeah, yeah. I, on- I honestly do. I honestly do. Um, I think it'll be close, but... I think it's between United and Chelsea for that fourth spot. And that, what I've just said, is exactly why I think Mourinho is not performing. He's got all the money in the world, all the attraction in the world, and he's still, in my opinion, fighting for the top four. Still. So, yeah, bit of a mic drop there from me. A bit bit of a weekly rant. Um, (laughs) But yeah, draw for me. Uh, United going backwards. Okay, well that Mike drops us nicely into the championship. So, you want to start us off and pick out someone who you definitely think will win this weekend in the second tier of football? Yeah, the second tier, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough this week. I, I don't yeah. know about yourself when you were doing your research. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't easy. I've got a couple. The first one that I'm actually going to go for is a team that hasn't really been firing on all cylinders, but the other one is just in a complete mess. Um, it's a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. It's a derby. It's Sunderland at home to Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. So Middlesbrough have not been firing on all cylinders, but Sunderland have just been absolutely woeful. Yeah. They're showing zero signs of life uh, under Coleman after an, an initial good start. Um, they have now lost four of their last five games. Um, their last defeat on Tuesday night was away at Bolton, which was just a complete and utter hammer blow Yeah. Um, their survival hopes. Uh, Middlesbrough, you know, they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, but they are very capable, and I think the fact that it's a derby, the fact that the home fans are gonna, you know, they're gonna want to see Sunderland go out there and put on a show and not get embarrassed at home by a rival. Uh, you can get Sunderland at thirteen to five, the draw at twenty-three to ten, and I'm interested in the Middlesbrough to win market, which is twenty-one to twenty. Yep, I'd agree with that. Sunderland, it's shocking. I think. Coleman's just realising now, isn't he, the extent of the job he's taken on. It's uh, probably going to be a League One rebuilding job, which could be good for the club. You know, it's Blackburn have done well out of it. Yeah, and Blackburn, you know, looking for looking for a return and have a bit of momentum and people stop hating the club for a year, which is, which is always <laughs> handy. Um, Middlesbrough as well, just to add, of. Uh, not lost in their last three visits to the stadium alike. Two wins and a draw. Yeah. So, um, yeah, history says that Middlesbrough are going to go there and win. Yep, okay. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with Preston at home to Ipswich, and they're 8-11. to 11. 
great battle in draw with 10 men uh, for Preston against Wolves last weekend. And they've only had one defeat in their last 17 matches now. So they're on a great run of form. Probably drawn too many than they'd have liked. They are just outside the playoff places. They're in ninth, um, three points off Bristol City. But they're playing Ipswich, who are just kind of fizzling out now into a season of mid-table mediocrity. That stage of the season where they're too far really off the playoffs to, to challenge Ipswich. They're not going to get relegated. Preston have really got something to play for. Um, and I think they're going to have too much. Just one win as well for Ipswich in their last six away league games. So they're not, they've not got a great recent away record. Preston deserve all the credit in the world. You know, they're, they're still under the radar. They shouldn't be because they're doing so well, but they're still under the radar. They're having a fantastic season. I wish Forrest were more like Preston. Yeah, I mean, you know, Preston aren't as much in the news and they don't do as many, you know, headline <laughs> grabbing stuff, but at the end of the day, they're the better team. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want my team to be. Um, moving on to my team, uh, well, our team. Um, we've got QPR at home to Forest this weekend. And unfortunately, I am going to go down the route of QPR. Um, Forest, they've been dreadful <laughs> since Karank has taken over. Uh, he's brought in an absolute army of players. Um, he has won just the one game. Uh, an incredible surprise win away at Wolves, which... Every week gets more gets more unbelievable. Every week I ask more questions. How on earth that happened? <laughs> but, uh, just a one win in eight for Karanka. Um, before that game, uh, Forest's last actual away victory. You have to go back all the way until the twenty eighth of October when they last won away. Um, prior to that, mm. they're awful travellers. They've got a real problem with team selection. Karanka does not know his best team at the moment. QPR are by no means special, um, but they are typically better at home. Um, coincidentally, they have won their last two home games, um, three of their last four, actually, and uh, they're 11 to 10 to beat Forest, and I think that's a good bet. You know what? I agree with everything you've said, but... I reckon Forrest could win this one. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Was, just to let you know, Profit Chasers, um, uh, I think it was three years in a row, two or three years in a row, where me and Tom had a £50 bet at the start of every Forest season. He said, this is the year they're getting promoted. Every year I said, no, it isn't. <laughs> and fun, I'll let you guys decide who ended up winning two slash three out of the two slash three years. Yeah. Um, I was the one out of pocket, obviously. <laughs> you, you just, I admire you. This blind you, faith. You just, yeah, you, you love your club and you always think this is it. But let me tell you, it isn't. I do think Forrest are going to be performing better away from home than at home at the moment, um, which is something they've not done all season. But, I feel like in in the home games, if Forrest don't score, 
in the first kind of 20, 30 minutes or the opposition score and Forest go behind, I feel like the crowd at the city ground get very nervous, very jittery, um, a bit groany. And then that passes on to the players. Whereas away, we take a, a good bunch of travelling fans who cheer and egg on the team all the way through the match, winning, losing, drawing. And I think that you know, there's a bit less pressure on the players um, when they're playing away at the moment. And I think that could help them get some results. Yeah. I'm worried about the dressing room. So, obviously, Karanka's brought in all these players mid-season, which yep. is always a risk. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a very tight-knit group at Forest, um, especially as we have so many academy players, all of a similar age. And I'm worried how the dressing room is reacting to the fact that Jordan Smith, who is not the best keeper in the world, um, has just been completely disregarded. Mm. Um, he doesn't even make the bench anymore. Um, we've got Pantilimon on loan, and I don't even know his name. Capino, Capino, I yeah, Capino, something. Yeah, some random goalie I never heard of. Joe Worrell, local lad, played pretty much every game for Forest this season. Dropped, and not even to the bench, just out the squad. David Vaughan. Another guy not even getting a look in, in the squad at the moment. And I'm just wondering if uh, Karanka's upsetting, the, uh, upsetting the, the core group of players we had at the moment. So I think QPR seem to be a lot more settled right now. And 11 to 10, I think that's a decent price against a team that haven't won away since October, apart from that one result. Um, there's a couple of both teams to scores. I've got down here, I've got Leeds-Brentford, both teams to score at 11-20, to 20, and Fulham-Wolves, both teams to score at 13-20. to 20. Do you like the sound of them? Yes, definitely. Especially Brentford, smash five uh, in midweek. Yeah, like that one a lot. Okay, um, anything else from the champ for you? No, nobody. I'm ready for, uh, ready for the third tier. Yeah, me too, although... Not too much going off this week in League One for me. Um, nah, there's, there's not too much as there is. Uh, just a, a smattering. I think Southend are a really good price. They're away at Oldham and they're 11 to 5. Um, Chris Powell, proving he's got a lot of effects, it's still not run out yet. They've won four and drawn one of his five games in charge. Oldham have picked up a bit recently. Two wins in the last two home games. So could prove to be tough opposition but Southend looking really really strong and they're a really good price considering the great form that they're on yeah 100% Southend have been fantastic since Powell's come in and uh, yeah that's a really good price speaking of really good prices um, probably the better of the weekend for me is Plymouth Argyle the Plymouth are on a fantastic run which has taken them from relegation certainties to on the brink of the playoffs. Uh, they're at home to Bradford. Plymouth for eleven to eight. The draw five to two. Bradford nine to five. Um, Bradford have just fallen off a cliff. They've won one game this year. Um, that was New Year's Day. Uh, they beat Fleetwood away. Their last home win came the thirtieth of December. Um, it's, it's just been a 
a really poor start to the year. Um, and then you you know you look at Plymouth's previous results, and there's just greens everywhere. I love it. One <laughs> loss since the 9th of December, um, and that was by means by no means a disgrace. A three-one home defeat to league leaders at the time, Wigan. Um, yeah, Plymouth. All the momentum is with them. Um, and eleven to eight, I think that's a great price. Yeah, great price. I can see why you're tipping them. Uh, one thing I'd be wary of is Simon Grayson. Still, uh, they got a decent draw against Charlton in his first game in charge. It remains to be seen whether he's going to have an immediate effect on their fortunes. But Plymouth have now overtaken Bradford in the table, which is crazy. <laughs> if you th- if I said that, that, is, that to you a couple of months ago. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. Yeah. Big game, though, in terms of the playoffs. Big, big game. For me, I've got one game which I'm going to tip now, but there's a, a big but that is going to come along with it. At the time of recording, Oxford still do not have a manager. They're away at Northampton this week, and I think Northampton will win at 5-4. to four. However, uh, there's strong rumours going around that Craig Bellamy is going to be named the new Oxford manager. So, if Oxford don't have a manager, I'm back in Northampton to win. Um, They've lost six of their last seven games. They've been on a terrible, terrible run of form. However, if Craig Bellamy is in the dugout for Saturday's game, I would probably avoid this one. Just so you're avoiding any kind of new manager effect that it might have on Oxford. Yeah, I think Bellamy would be a, a good appointment as well. He's, he's obviously very eager yeah. to get into management. Um, I liked him as a player. He's, he's probably going to have some good uh, connections higher up the pyramid. And yeah, I think you're uh, spot on with that one. Um, I'm going to go for another quite obvious uh, tip. It is uh, Rotherham United. Now, Rotherham are at home to Doncaster. You can get Rotherham at 17 to 20. Uh, Rotherham have just been an absolute juggernaut. Uh, Their last league defeat was the 2nd of December. And since then, they've played 13 games. They've won 10 of them. Wow. um, Six of which in a row. They even went on Saturday and beat Shrewsbury Town. League leader Shrewsbury Town 1-0 away. Doncaster, who they're coming up against... They don't pose too much of a threat, to be honest. Uh, on the cusp of being safe, uh, they get quite a few draws here, there, and everywhere. And you know, they're, they're not the worst team that you're ever going to see. But I think Rotherham are going to have way too much momentum and quality for them. Uh, Seventeen to twenty for the home side. Yep, I agree. Not a bad price at all. Doncaster have failed to score in their last three games uh, when they played away at Rotherham as well. Omens are uh, uh, on our side as well. Definitely. Uh, just one more for me for League One, and that's for both teams to score between Bristol Rovers and Scunthorpe. You can get that at 3-5. to five. Scunthorpe have had a pretty incredible 12 both teams to score in the last 13 games. Bristol have had wow. seven in the last nine, so I think this is going to be another one. Yeah, can't really argue against them stats, buddy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think that's uh, League One wrapped up. 
Okay, cool. Let's move on to the gold mine. And I mean an absolute gold mine that is League 2 here. I feel like I could probably run through every single game and pick you out something here. Yeah, it's, it's very tasty in League 2. Take it away, I'll uh, let you go first. Okay, uh, what better place to start for me than Luton? They're at home to Cheltenham and they're 3-5, to five, which is better than I thought you'd get actually. Luton have got the best home record in the league, 13 wins from their 17 home games and a big, big goal difference at home of plus 32. Four wins in the last six, including a very emphatic 4-1 win over the on-form Crawley last weekend. And on the other hand, Cheltenham are just one of their meh teams, aren't they? Lower mid-table, just two wins from the last 11 league games. They've lost recently to High Flyers as well, Lincoln and Wickham in the last two games. And I think... I'd be looking not just at Luton on the nose, I'd be actually looking at Luton minus one at 13 to eight. Oh, tasty. Yeah, um, can't really can't really disagree with anything that you've said. I think that is 100% something that uh, I would tip myself. I'm going to follow that one up with quite an obvious pick. You touched on them when you were talking about... Uh, about the team's form there is Wickham Wanderers. And Wickham, they're at home to Morecambe, which I'm, I'm just terrified for. Um, <laughs> it's, it feels like a baby lamb just being led to the slaughter, unfortunately. Um, Wickham have just been brilliant, haven't they? Uh, their last league defeat came the 30th of December. Um, they've... The masters of the late goal, the masters of the uh, Wickham to win, both teams to score market. They are priced at four to seven uh, to win on the nose, uh, which I think that's probably the shortest price I've seen Wickham at this season. Yeah, you're probably not wrong there. Um, but yeah, you can't really argue with it, I suppose, can you? They're miles and miles better than uh, Morecambe currently occupying yeah. 22nd in the league. You can get Wickham to score over 1.5 goals at 4-6. to six. In six of their last seven games, they have scored at least two goals. So I can again see that one coming in. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bloodbath regardless, I think. <laughs> I agree. Um, next for me, this is a tip which is... Uh, I don't think I've ever actually tipped them on the podcast before. And that's Yeovil at home to Carlisle. And they're a great price. They're 19 to 10. They've actually gone on a little run, which has gone unnoticed, I feel. They've won each of their last four home games. And they've won six out of the last eight. And that, that does include a loss to Manu in that. In those two games, they've lost in those eight games. In all of those six wins, they've scored at least two goals. And they're playing a Carlisle side who have got just one win in their last ten away games. And I'm going to, one, tip Yeovil on the nose at 19-10, to 10, so nearly 2-1. to one. And two, Yeovil to score over 1.5 goals again at 7-4. to four. And that is an awful journey. That is a long, long way as well. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. 
that is a huge away game. <laughs> and, you know, like for, for the players, obviously they're not going to roll up on the day of, but it's still just mentally and physically just a draining journey. And, you know, I don't know if Carlisle can afford these uh, private jets that Arsenal fly or their players on. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I have Yeovil wrote down as well. Um, I think 19 to 10 is, is a great price. I think that's uh, a really, really, really good tip. Following that on, Mansfield are playing Coventry. Coventry, they notoriously let you down when you bet on them. Um, but they're slowly getting their comeuppance, aren't they? They're slowly drifting down that table, and it's, it's great to see. Um, they're, they're down in 10th now. Mansfield, they've kind of swapped places, haven't they? Mansfield are fourth now. Yeah. Um, and Mansfield have just been on absolute fire. Uh, Coventry have lost their last four games. Mansfield have got some real momentum now. Um, we expected them to do a lot better than they were this season. And um, since kind of October, November-ish, they've really kind of woken up. Um, and yeah, they're priced at 23 to 20 at home to Coventry. Um, Mansfield's last uh, last few home games, they beat Newport 5-0, Barnet 3-1, Cheltenham 3-2. Uh, lost to Cardiff, but obviously they're verging on a playoff spot in the championship. Beat Carlisle 3-1, beat Morecambe 2-1, drew 0-0 at home to Yeovil. But you know their actual uh, their actual last home defeat, you have to go all the way back to the 14th of October. So wow. Field Mill is a, a tough place to go, and I think Coventry are going to be on the losing side. Uh, Mansfield, just to reiterate, twenty-three to twenty. Yeah, can see that definitely. Good choice there, mate. What else have we got here? Uh, I've got various bets for the Forest Green Rovers versus Crawley <laughs> match. So uh, you can get Crawley. A great price, seven to four. Um, Crawley have actually won eight out of their last ten league games. They're really, really on good form at the moment. Um, just a variety of bets that I've picked out for uh, this particular game. You can get Crawley's total goals to be over one point five at six to four. Crawley to lead at any time at seventeen to twenty, and both teams to score at four to six. Wow. Okay, that's very tempting. We all know what uh, Forest Green and Crawley have been like this season, especially Forest Green. There's just been goals everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely um, can see all of those happening. I think that's a very solid bit of bit of research there. Two on form teams as well. Yeah. Um, considering where Forest Green, you know, are, um, they're not doing too bad right now, and Crawley. Knocking on that playoff door, six points off, you never know. Never know, that'd be a great story. They've really turned their form around. Yeah, they have. They really have. Similar to uh, Plymouth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Perhaps not as dramatic, but uh, yeah, similar. very, very similar. Yeah, you're right. Do you have any more to share with the Profit Chasers in League Two this weekend? Just quickly, one more. Swindon away at Chesterfield. They're six to five. Swindon have got the best away record in the league. Chesterfield, on the other hand, they're sat 23rd in League Two. They've lost four games in a row, and Swindon have won three out of the last 
six, so I think Swindon will probably win that one. I would love to know how Swindon have got the best away record in the league. I feel like every time I bloody bet on them, they let me down. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Man, that is annoying. Yeah, but, you know, the stats are there, and I think Chesterfield are are, uh, a bit of a way off uh, a promotion chasing team in Swindon. Yeah. Um, Sounds like that's pretty much it for League Two. Yep. Uh, is it for League Two? So let's recap last week's bombproof trebles. It was agony for me as one team let me down. I got off to a great start. Plymouth beat Oxford 1 0 away. He also had the Chris Powell effect come to help him. Southend won 3 1 at home to Portsmouth. However, Accrington Stanley could only conjure a 1 1 draw away at bottom of the Football League Barnet after falling a goal behind early doors to cost the bomb-proof treble. Yeah, very annoying. That was a really good paying one as well. It was about 140 quid or something like that, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, something like that. All the value was in Plymouth, really. Uh, yeah. They came through 1-0. And, uh, you know, Stanley were probably the one team I was the most confident about. And, uh, yeah, could have... they pulled the goal back and I thought, yeah, this is it. They're going to go on now. Never happened. No, so from one disappointingly close treble to another one, um, I had Wickham to score over 1.5 goals and they won 2-0 against Cheltenham. He also had the Scunthorpe and Northampton game to be both teams to score and that was comfortably finishing 2-2. And if only they'd have given a few goals to Gillingham, I needed Gillingham to score over 1.5 goals and they drew 0-0 at home to Walsall. God, I, I, two agonisingly close trebles. Yeah. Stanley should have won, uh, and Gillingham not to even score over one point five. They could have lost six five. Who would have cared? <laughs> so not even score a single goal is uh, is criminal, really, against a team that's so inconsistent as Walsall. Yeah, inconsistent is the uh, the PG version of what I want to call them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, on to hopefully better things this weekend so do you want to introduce this week's Bombproof Trebles absolutely so guys for those of you who are perhaps new to the show uh, this is the part that we put all of that research and all of those opinions uh, together and create a Bombproof Treble so this will be three teams that me and Tom individually think will both win you guys some cash for the weekend Right, so for my bomb-proof treble first then, we've got a League 2 mixed treble. So we're going to start We're going to start with Yeovil to score over 1.5 goals in their game against Carlisle, and that's 7-4. to We're going to go for Luton, minus 1 on the handicap. They're playing Cheltenham, and that's 13-8. to And we're going to go for Forest Green Rovers and Crawley, to be both teams to score, and that is four to six. Ten pounds stake on that one returns one hundred and twenty pounds. Wow, that's pretty decent, to be fair. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised. Just mixing things that's, up with a mixed treble. Yeah, you are. I, I feel like you're very Walter Zenger, and I, I'm very Mick McCarthy because I'm going to stick with Walter Zenger. <laughs> 
I was just thinking of like a new youngish manager. Of all, of all managers. Who's kind of like mixed it up a little bit and done things differently. And Walter Zenka came to <laughs> um, I've gone for a little bit more Mick McCarthy and a bit more traditional. I've gone for three teams that I think are going to win. Um, so we're starting off in League One. Um, New York Stadium. We're going for Rotherham at home to Doncaster, 17 to 20. We're going to drop into League Two. Uh, we're going to go for Wickham Wanderers. We're just going to have them to win. Uh, they're at home to Morecambe at 4 to 7. Um, we're going to go for Mansfield Town. Uh, they're at Field Mill at home to Coventry City, 23 to 20. Uh, 10 pounds on, pays 62.50. Yeah, that's good. Um, I really Three like those teams. Big, big home favourites. Yeah, definitely. And you get good odds on Mansfield because they're playing Coventry, who, although they're they're up there, they're on a terrible run. Um, so yeah. Mansfield should definitely win that. And yeah, they used, to, they used to have Dion Dublin, so obviously they're, they're a big club. <laughs> um, and you've also got Rotherham, who are on form, and you get a bit better odds for them, I think, because they're playing uh, local rivalry against Doncaster. It better not be, but <laughs> it better not be because that just sounds pathetic. But it, it may be, it may be. <laughs> um, but yeah, three big home favourites. Can't even remember what yours was. It was just a lot of lot of wishy washy goals and plus this and minus that and point five of this. But you're, you're like right down. The profit chasers are going to have to uh, listen to that on re- on repeat. I think to try yeah, and write that down. Get a pen and paper out. We can put it out on Twitter if it'll help. Yeah. Oh, the Walter Zenga treble. <laughs> All right, guys. If you have enjoyed the show. The best thing you can do for us is review us on iTunes. Uh, if you've really enjoyed the show, please um, rate and review on iTunes and help us climb that uh, new and noteworthy um, leaderboard. Uh, we'd also love to hear from you. So you can get at us at Twitter, which is T underscore FB podcast. We're also on Facebook. So www.facebook.com slash footballbettingpodcast. Uh, and you can email us, business inquiries, private inquiries, whatever it is, uh, footballbettingpodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Um, as Tom says, the best thing you can do is rate reviews on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that one. We would usually also run through fantasy football, but there were no Premier League games last weekend, so nothing to go through this week. Um if you are interested in joining the league now, though, I know it's pretty late in the day, but if you do have, if you're new listener, I know it's pretty late in the day, but if you are a new listener to the show and you'd like to join, you'll slot in at your rightful place within the league. Um, we'll put the code to join in the description of the podcast. Yeah, uh, free bet up for the winner as well. Yeah. Um, so something worth worth playing for and worth, worth joining for, especially if you joining the show and you're killing all your mates uh, in their, in your private leagues, join us, take the free bet at the end. Yep. Why not? Why not? You're right. Like a bloody thief in the night. <laughs> <laughs> no, the more the merrier, all seriousness. We're over 50 people in it now, so it's a good competitive league um, and I'm not going to get relegated at the end of it. 
we'll see. But yeah, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Uh, fingers crossed we can deliver some uh, profit and go that one step closer than what we did last weekend. But yeah, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, cheers guys. Good luck for the best for the weekend. See you next week.